Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting as we always do from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who has never tried to politicize a tragedy, and that's not about to change, folks. We're going to do some adulting today in the aftermath of yesterday's horrific shooting in Evalde, Texas, and we're going to have a grown-up talk about the way forward with former Attorney General Bill Barr, Fox News contributor Leo Terrell, and of course your calls, tweets, texts, and carrier pigeons. If it is on your mind today, and I know we've all got a lot on our minds, uh, I do encourage you to share it here at 888-788-9910. We say this every day. Our show is very much an audio safe space for intellectually cool People, We say that every day. It's not about your political persuasion. It's not about your ideological leanings one way or the other. It's just about your behavior, your overall tone. So we say at the top of every show, uh, but especially today, be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just please don't be a that is all Uh, as we kick off the show today. We've got 19 kids are dead uh, in Evalde, Texas, in a senseless tragedy. Uh, Two adults are dead as well. We've got multiple injuries that are still being treated. Governor Abbott is expected to speak today at 1 p.m. It's an all-around, it's just an awful situation. Uh, You know, it breaks your heart on so many different levels as a parent, as a human, as a sibling, uh, as an American. Uh, It's the kind of thing that really does just crush you because it's all so senseless. It's all so unnecessary. And uh, oftentimes these terrible situations get made worse by the rush to politicize them. Uh, And that is not something we're going to do today. I gave a lot of thought about this yesterday while I was sitting at Lincoln's Little League game, uh, a game I was very thankful to be able to attend as a parent, you know, mindful of what other parents were going through and that unspeakable grief a lot of them were encountering in that very moment uh, that I was sitting there watching a ball game. You know, you feel all kinds of survivor guilt, but, you know, bigger than all of that is you feel an obligation as somebody who has a platform of this magnitude to really offer solutions. And that's where today's show is going to go. Uh, I'm not looking to capitalize on this politically. Uh, I am very much of the mind that we need to be offering the victims our empathy. You know, when you hear someone on the conservative side of the aisle tweet that they're sending thoughts and prayers to the victims and their families, Uh, Oftentimes that's mischaracterized. There are people on the left that are like, hey, your thoughts and prayers, they're not working. And I say, hey, dummies, okay, we're not sending thoughts and prayers as a solution to gun violence. We don't think it's going to end gun violence. What we're doing is we're showing compassion. We're showing genuine empathy for the people affected by it, for the people that are suffering through You know, indescribable levels of grief, you know, and we're trying to show some humanity and some respect and some restraint as opposed to capitalizing on their pain, exploiting their pain and suffering as a means of pushing a political agenda, which is exactly what the president of the United States did last night in the Oval Office. Biden sucks. A lot of people feel that way, man, because Biden sat down last night and, you know, opened with a message of empathy. And then immediately catered to the folks that want to scream and yell about politics and blame everybody but the individual. Oh, it's the NRA. Oh, it's the congressman. Uh, Man, I I just I couldn't I couldn't disagree with you more in that our society has gotten so far away 
from from personal responsibility, from putting the onus on the people committing these heinous acts as opposed to the society they're committing them in. You know, and I understand why people lash out. It's because I get it. You feel helpless. You hear 19 kids are dead. It's just a horrific feeling. And you, and you want to feel like there's something you could be doing to help that next group of kids, to be avenging this group of kids. So I get why people want to lash out and say, hey, screw these people and we need new laws. We need new this or that. But as a guy who really does, you know, kind of champion perspective on this show, I just want to be very honest with you. OK, I'm not an activist. Not a t- I'm very much just a talk show host. It's not my job to steer your vote. It's not my job to, to shill for one particular party or one particular ideology. I say it every day. You're all welcome, whether you agree with me or not. But there's a lot of lying going on right now about laws and how legislation could have prevented this. OK, the truth is it's a lie. And it's it's sad to say, but you'll never be able to legislate away people's bad intentions because the people who do heinous things like commit acts of murder, number one, they don't respect the law. Okay, but number two, the laws that oftentimes get put into place wind up doing so and putting the people who are law abiding citizens at a disadvantage against the people who aren't going to obey those laws. But as it pertains to Texas, okay, this human trash who will not be named, uh, we're not going to name names. I, I, it disgusts me that as a society, the people who shoot these places up get an instant form of notoriety. They're famous all over the world all of a sudden. Here's their Facebook page. Here's their friends or people who knew them. And their name is plastered everywhere. And on some perverse level, I I do believe it incentivizes lunatics out there who are anonymous and and, and tells them, hey, if I lash out, if I have my big moment, you know, I'll be a, you know, famous guy for 24 or 48 hours. Again, it's disgusting. Your mind doesn't work that way. My mind doesn't work that way. But we should be mindful of the fact that there are a lot of lunatics out there that do. So I will not be naming this jackass. This is just a human piece of garbage. But you should know that as heinous as his act was, as many terrible things as I could say about this person, uh, he did pass a background check. Uh, He passed a background check in order to get those two rifles in Texas, uh, a state that has extremely strong gun laws as it pertains to schools. Okay, in Texas, okay, there is a general prohibition on carrying a firearm of any sort within a thousand feet of the grounds of a public school, meaning it was already illegal for him to do that. The law didn't enable him to go do that. Even with a license to carry a gun, you cannot carry inside a public school, period. Again, a law in place that says you can't be doing this. Any weapons crime that's committed within 300 feet of a school has an increased punishment of one degree under the Texas weapon-free zone law. So again, more incentive against doing this from a legal standpoint and with very limited exceptions, meaning only a police officer. Okay, any other person would need written permission from the education institution to carry into the premises of a school like, you know, say with something like a guardian program. Okay, and adding to that is the fact that, yes, this 18 year old kid was able to buy two guns, as Joe Biden said last night, but he cannot legally possess a handgun in public, period. Okay, that is the law in Texas. So there are all kinds of laws. Okay, you could argue they need to be enforced better. But that situation yesterday is not a situation that provides for faster enforcement. 
Okay, the heroic Border Patrol agents, the elite tactical unit that ultimately wound up killing this scumbag, okay, did the best job that could be done given the circumstances. So it is it is a tragedy. It is horrific. It is unspeakable. Okay, but it is not supposed to be justification for just trashing everybody else in the country and not pooling our resources and focusing our energy on the people doing this stuff. Okay, yeah, I understand we all want more laws because we feel helpless. But the guy in Buffalo, same that jackass, they were red flag laws that were triggered. He should not have been in the position he was in as it pertains to guns. Okay, red flag laws should have technically disqualified him because he had violated those very laws that are on the books in New York, but we didn't do a better job of enforcing those existing laws. We did plenty of lashing out at straw man arguments, the NRA, right-wing commentators. Okay, it's all, you guys don't want to do anything. It's the Republicans in Congress. Like, if you want the truth, the Democrats have controlled both houses of Congress twice in the past 12 years and didn't do a damn thing in terms of implementing the type of sweeping federal reform that they scream and yell about in the aftermath of a shooting. Why? Because deep down they don't want it, nor do their constituents. It's a great way to score political points, but if you're looking at the will of the American people, if you're looking at the most recent Fox News polling, more people by a margin of 54% to 33%, more people, okay, think – Stricter laws, stricter laws, more aggressive laws, okay, as opposed to limiting your possession rights, okay? More people think stricter laws would be the answer as opposed to limiting possession rights. But I don't want to make this a debate, again, about the guns themselves because they don't shoot themselves, okay? They don't. Yes, you want to make it harder on a lunatic, on a madman to get a gun. I'm with you there. But the lunatic, the madman, the, that is the problem. There is something inherent to our society that is perpetuating this type of thing. And if you dissect every one of these incidents, and Lord knows we've had far too many of them, there's a common thread both times. Okay, One is that the person involved is clearly mentally ill. Okay, Nobody walks into a school and shoots it up because they're having a great day and they just had a little time to kill between meetings. That's not how this works. These are mentally ill people. We are underfunding. We are underprioritizing mental illness in this country. Again, it's not an airtight, foolproof, solves the problem issue, but it's something we should all be able to agree on. The people doing this are crazy. You don't have to be a Republican or a Democrat to agree on that. We have to agree they're crazy. The second thing, and I think this is the biggest overlap to all of them, is that all of these people do come from broken up, screwed up, really bad homes. Every every single one of them. OK, you you can't give me a single example, you know, of somebody out there, you know, that's in this good family situation, you know, where the money's OK. The parents are still together. Everybody gets along just fine. They're captain of the ball team or, you know, taking a vacation every summer and yucking it up and having a bunch of laughs. And I do think, uh, you know, on a very profound level. The disintegration of the nuclear family and just the lack of strong fathers in our society is really plaguing young men. And it is young men, 99.999% of the time, it is young men perpetuating this type of hate. Uh, And again, you know, there are instances where there are plenty of single parent homes where the kids grow up to be just fine. Okay, so I'm not putting this, you know, 
solely on one gender or one parent or, you know, anything like that. But dads need to do a better job. Okay, bottom line. Okay, you know, these kids need more stability in their lives than they're getting right now. And there are a lot of challenges as to why. You're dealing with a record level, you know, level of inflation. You've got a flooded border. You've got unaffordable gas. Parents are working very hard. I'm not here to say that everybody's in a hammock and they're just derelict in their duty to their kids. But there's no way you can look out at our society right now and see just the brazen disrespect for authority, for law enforcement, and, and, you know, frankly, human life. There's no way you can look at society and tell me that parents as a whole aren't underperforming a little bit. You know, a lot of people don't understand that being a parent is one of the most selfless acts in the world, okay? You have this child, your life, if you're doing your job right, now comes second, okay? You work hard to give them some type of a stable upbringing, to make sure they're fed, to make sure they're taught respect and personal responsibility and decency and empathy and compassion. And yes, the ability to have a good time. You know, but there are too many parents out there, you know, for one reason or another, be it substance abuse, be it selfishness. I don't know the motivations because I'm not one of you. Okay, I'm a guy who worked 84 hours a week driving a taxi and did stand-up comedy at night and then came home and slept through a bunch of video games that I attempted to play against my kid. Like, I invested. I understood because I came from a good family. And when you come from a good family, you know, you have the perspective of telling you, you know, in yourself and, and knowing that when you invest in your child, you are investing in a better society. You're raising a better person that will go out and be a positive difference in the world, a force multiplier of positive energy, a force multiplier of responsibility and compassion and decency. And there's no way you can look at these shootings and tell me, okay, that this isn't playing a role because they all come from the same situations, a screwed up home, either no relationship with the parent or an abusive relationship with the parent. This kid shot his grandmother in the face. Okay, it's a mess. It's horrific. But it's not the kind of mess we clean up by lashing out at people who think differently than we do, okay? You want gun control? You can call up and tell me why. I'm not going to say, screw you, get out of here. But I am going to be upfront about the fact that we don't agree on gun control as a country. So we should really start with where we do agree. Rather than I got to get my way, you got to get your way, I don't think anybody can argue that we have a mental illness situation here. I don't think anybody can argue that the breakdown of the nuclear family isn't playing a role in the upbringing of so many of these toxic people. You know, so I think we could slice it and dice it any way you want, but you have to admit that parents need to do better. We just need to do better. The home needs to be better. There needs to be more stability. There needs to be more attention paid to mental illness. And as a, as a general note, I am just telling you this. If you are lucky enough to have a child tonight, okay, it is a moment to redouble your efforts to raising them better. Okay, because not only are they depending on you, but society is too. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire 
fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We've got former Attorney General Bill Barr joining us in the very next break. I want to get to some of your calls beforehand. And if you're on hold, I will get to all of you today. So if we don't get to you before the break, we will certainly get to you right after the Attorney General. Noah is batting leadoff in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Hey, Noah, how you doing, bud? Oh, fantastic, Jimmy. Yourself? Uh, you know, I'm trying to hold this country together and be an adult today so I don't say anything silly and get myself fired or come across as disrespectful. Oh, man. It's I, a rough one. I couldn't agree more than your with your last uh, tangent, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I did a paper back in high school. I got a lot of looks and controversy about it. But, I, you know, it's a solution that a lot of people have overlooked and haven't really considered. But, I mean, Second Amendment advocate teachers – that are comfortable and have the knowledge to carry, uh, you know, non-lethal, maybe lethal weaponry to defend their children. Because like someone said, when seconds count, police are minutes away. And I don't undermine police at all. And we had a. I kind of lost you for a second there. I don't know if you went away. No, you might have lost your signal or hit the mute button. Noah, you're like me on a Zoom meeting. Every time I log on to a Zoom, they're like, unmute your microphone. And I'm yelling and I'm like, I hit the mic. But Noah makes a good point. And thank you for the call, Noah. I'll expand on what you just said. Uh, You know, people want to see more security at schools. I I don't think he's, you know, know, far far out in the fringe when he says something like that. People want to know we're doing as much as we can for the kids. Uh, Barry is out in Los Angeles. Yo, Barry. Yo, um, so... Following up on his, I'm not against more security, but this school had no security whatsoever. Mm. Did you? I mean, if you see pictures, I mean, the, they had the chain link fence was easily jumpable. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, this this never would have occurred had the, this particular incident never would have occurred had the school been surrounded by a 10 foot high chain link fence with one point of entry. Yeah, listen. I, I, I I don't know all the tactical specifics, but what I know is, uh, you know, you're you're part of a growing contingent of people who just feel like, as unfortunate as this is for kids to go to school in this environment, we, we all want to know we're doing more to secure the school. I mean, that's the overarching premise here, right? Well, they didn't do they didn't do anything. I mean, I I live in West LA. We're quite populated, but I live close to two elementary schools. Mm-hmm. They're completely surrounded. The, the yards are completely surrounded. By ten foot high chain link fence with one point of entry. Mm-hmm. This particular the guy ran into the school, yeah, locked himself in a classroom. He would have he could have committed just as much carnage with two kitchen knives. Listen, it was bad, uh, Barry. I appreciate you weighing in. We're in a hard break. We got the attorney general coming up. I will get to all of your calls after Bill Barr, who joins us next. <laughs> 
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon trying to have a grown-up discussion about the issues facing our country in the aftermath of this heinous shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Joining us now on the line, a former attorney general under two American presidents, the best-selling author of One Damn Thing After Another, memoirs of an attorney general. Bill Barr is back on the show. Hello, sir. Hi, Jimmy. It's good to be back with you. Is it true that you only agreed to come on this show because you heard it was a guest host today? <laughs> no. <laughs> Kid. <laughs> I was I was told you were bamboozled. You were told. No, no. <laughs> I kid, I kid. No, no. I kid. Well, I, I enjoyed our last conversation so much. Uh, it's a big deal to have you back, especially today, because, you know, one of the things I consider you to be an expert in, amongst all the other things you wrote about in your book, and, and we certainly joked about and enjoyed the last time you were on, is I think you're fantastic at perspective, and it, we're so badly in need of some in this moment. Um, the question I wanted to ask right off the bat is in your book, uh, One Damn Thing After Another, you wrote a lot about how your family's dinner table discussions were a little bit of a free-for-all. Uh, but you had a, you know, a healthy, involved, you know, parental situation. Do you think on some level the disintegration of the nuclear family is one of the common links we're seeing in these shootings? Yes, I do. I mean, I think there's a lot of pathology that that uh, has taken root in our society, and it leads to some very disturbed people, people uh, who are not all there mentally or uh, you know, have deep grudges and passions, and uh, and uh, you know we're going to see more and more of these incidents. It goes to show you that that we all have a stake in the health of our society, in the health of our families, and in the moral tone of society. Because uh, you know, when there's a breakdown of that, we're going to get these these uh, psychotic people or or social. Uh, you know, uh, sociopaths who uh, cause harm to others. You know, I, I agree. And it's something I was saying off the top of the show is I, I feel like a, a lot of people don't realize that when you are raising a kid, uh, you know, you're investing in that kid and that solid upbringing, not only on behalf of that kid, but on behalf of other kids. And I feel like right. so many parents are just derelict in that duty. And and we certainly have seen a breakdown. And as far as the mental health thing is concerned, I don't think anyone can argue. You know, there's arguments to be made on both sides of legislation. OK, people have their positions. But I think right. the common ground is is has to be mental health. How I mean, we, there's, there's not a person doing this that's sane, is there? No, I mean, uh, no, not, I mean. Maybe in the legal sense, they're morally responsible, but mm -hmm. there's obviously a screw loose with these people. And uh, we're going to get more and more of these misfits. Uh, the more we have breakdown of the family, the more drugs there are uh, and so forth. And so over the past decades, I've made the argument that, you know, this, OK, well, you know, we're not going to come down too hard on the drugs and we're not going to allow this, we're going to allow that. Eventually, the chickens are going to come home to roost. And in a country of 350 million people, there are going to be misfits like this. Uh, and it's very hard to, to you know, stop them when, yeah. they, when they're hell-bent to cause damage. Well, I think that's the biggest challenge is there's a lot of people this morning that are, you know, lashing out for some type of legislative reform. But I think history has shown us that you, you really sad, – it's sad as it is. You can't legislate away – people's intentions. Um, 
But is is there a way to slow down their bad intentions? Is there if you, if you had to offer a twenty thousand foot view fix in this moment, what would you prescribe? Well, unfortunately, I think we're at the stage where the only thing that's actually going to uh, potentially prevent and 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 potentially have an effect uh, are uh, measures around the schools, especially uh, elementary schools, to harden them to to make it much more difficult for someone to break in with a, a gun and uh, keep shooting. And that will require, you know, better perimeter measures, not having the doors open where people can come in, but also police officers on site. And that's unfortunate. You know, it wasn't too long ago where we didn't have airport security. Anyone could walk up to the gate. Mm-hmm. And now, 20 years, 25 years later, we have intense security at airports. And I'm afraid that that and in office buildings, we never had it. Now we do. And I'm afraid we're at the point where we're going to have to have it at schools. I mean, they're our most precious resource are in these, uh, yeah. uh, in these schools, our, our young children. We have to take care of them and protect them. Yeah, you know, the calls we've taken so far agree with you on that. If you're just joining us, uh, former Attorney General Bill Barr is back on the show after a series of successful low-level extortion attempts. We were able to get him back. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> hey man, we got to do what we got to do. You know, what I mean? you're not the AG anymore, so we we felt like we could play loose ball. I mean, if you were you're still in the gig, we might have you know played a little more defense. But the point is, it works. You're here. Yeah. <laughs> you're the author of one damn thing after another, a bestseller, memoirs of an attorney general. Um, you know, it was another thing that went on at this school yesterday, which was a member of the Border Patrol's elite tactical unit ultimately shot, you know, this shooter and, yeah. you know, rid society of this filth. Uh, and he, he certainly needed to go. Um, the question I wanted to ask about that is there was there was a CNN commentator yesterday and I really don't want to get sidetracked, but they were yelling about, you know, how we need to we actually need to relax border enforcement in this town right now because there's a heavy Latino population. It'll make it a little bit harder, you know, for people to willingly comply with these investigations. And I'm not asking you to comment on CNN, but what I am asking is, is, is the border itself, though, actually playing a role in these situations and that security is lax and drugs are coming in. Is this a ta- time to be more vigilant at our border, given what we're seeing within the confines of the country? Well, I, you know, absolutely. But I think the story, and I'm not sure there's a nexus to this particular episode, other than we're very grateful that that member of BORTAC, which is a great unit uh, that I'm very familiar with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, was there to to salvage the situation. But uh, the the story that really points to that is the conspiracy to uh, uh, the alleged conspiracy mm-hmm. to assassinate W. Mm-hmm. I mean the the border is completely taken over by the cartels, making a lot of money over bringing in people, and it's not just Latin Americans; it's people from all over the world, including the Middle East and other places, and uh, all kinds of criminals. Uh, uh, are coming in, ranging from uh, gang members to uh, organizations that conduct home invasions to, uh, you know, to terrorist assassins. So, you know, the chickens, again, will come home to roost. There's a limit to how much of this we can take, and there are going to be a lot of Americans killed, uh, their lives taken from them by uh, some of the riffraff that's crossing the border. I'm not saying everyone who comes across is that way, but when you don't police the border, 
uh, you know, it's an invitation to all the bad elements to come in. You see, you know, and that's a point I would make is, is I, I, what I say a lot. You know, the most oversimplification of the border issue is if you look at it like it's the front door of your house, none of us leave the front door of our house open. Maybe there was a time when you could growing up, uh, but we know we're far past that point now. And we don't lock the door at night because we're racist. We lock the door because we're not crazy and we want to keep tabs on who's coming and going. So it's 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 my hope that in a moment like this where people are, you know, crying out for more security and more protection, we actually invest in some of those. You know, they use a term like common sense gun law, which I think is a very loose generalization designed to score political points. But I do think there is such a thing as common sense border security that we don't actually have. And that's, you know, one of my greatest frustrations in this moment. Um, Let me ask you one other thing while I got you on the line, though, because the last time we spoke, you know, we were talking talking about your book. The book is one damn thing after another. And we had discussed Donald Trump and his character. And you had basically said at the end of the day, no one could convince you that anyone was of lower moral standing than Hillary Clinton. And we had a pretty good laugh about that, but, which is just one of the funniest things in a book full of funny things. Uh, but since we last spoke, we got more proof, by the way, that Hillary Clinton herself was involved in getting that Russian ball rolling. Are you surprised, Attorney General Barr? Uh, not at all. I mean, I, <laughs> You're not shocked, I like was... in Casablanca, to find gambling in this establishment. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, the whole thing uh, smells like a dirty trick from the beginning—a dirty trick that the FBI jumped on, and they not only continued to the election, but inexplicably continued it after Trump was elected in an effort to bring him down. And it was a grave injustice to the president. Um, Hopefully, you know, hopefully there'd be some accountability there. We've been following this trial. Uh, As you'd imagine, there isn't a huge amount of interest in this in the media. I don't know. For whatever reason, uh, there's not a lot of effort. Yeah, it's it's quite stunning. (laughs) You know, if the shoe was on the other foot, you know, this would be front page news every day, 24-7, right? Forget it. Uh, Last question. Uh, Does Bill Barr barbecue on Memorial Day, and how rowdy do you get? Like, is it, is it basic? Do you have a scotch and a cigar, or are you playing the bagpipes till the neighbors call the cops? <laughs> no, it's. I don't play the bagpipes because I don't know if, you know, we don't have emergency vehicles standing by. But, <laughs> uh, no, it, it's scotch and uh, a steak. That's all right. What it is for me. All right, we yeah. can all get behind that. Another winning yeah. appearance. You, you have survived. <laughs> Uh, Go easy on your publicist for subjecting you to this, but I I really appreciate your time today. Thanks, Jimmy. It's always good to talk to you. You too, Bill. Have a great day. There he goes. Your former Attorney General Bill Barr served under two presidents, George H.W. Bush as well as Donald Trump. Some of you might have heard of him. Uh, He is the author of One Damn Thing After Another, Memoirs of an Attorney General. Uh, Pound for pound, that was the best hour of radio when he was on that I've ever done on this show because I consider him to be such a fascinating figure because he's been not only on the front lines of history and the highest levels of our government under Reagan. He worked in the Reagan White House. He served under Bush, served under Trump. Okay, but he is a guy that actually does have a very reasoned level of perspective. And perspective is so important in a moment like right now. And, you know, off the top of the show today, we were talking about the breakdown of the family and some of the callers opined about the need to secure schools. You know, hearing him say what he said, it's um, 
you know, that cold glass of water into the face or however you want to describe it, that wake up call that we are just going to have to start securing schools. And I think we've all been holding out hope as people that our kids weren't going to, you know, go to school in that type of environment where it was a fortress of sorts. Uh, But as he said, with airports, you know, the changing world forced us to change our standard of how we were going to approach it. And when it comes to kids, there is no more precious resource on the planet than to those children. So if that's, you know, what he thinks, if that's what it's actually going to take, listen, folks, if we can spend $40 billion protecting the children of Ukraine, and I'm not saying we shouldn't, but we should absolutely positively be investing in all the money and resources we can effective immediately to protect our children too. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon having an adult conversation about the issues facing this country. Uh, the most prominent one in this moment is, of course, the senseless shooting death that left 19 children dead and two adults dead as well in Uvalde, Texas, at the Robert Mann Elementary School, a school I should remind you, because uh, there are some conflicting reports about out there about who was present on the campus and what kind of security they had in place. We were going to a commercial break when I was talking to our previous caller, Barry, uh, who had opined, uh, I believe, that there wasn't a lot of security on the grounds. Uh, There was, in fact, a school police officer who exchanged gunfire with the shooter. Uh, That school police officer was ultimately injured by the gunfire, and that's when the shooter ran inside the school, barricaded himself inside the classroom, and began shooting at the victims, sadly, before getting taken out by a member of the elite tactical unit from our border patrol. The border, of course, about 70 miles uh, south of Uvalde, uh, where our hearts and our prayers and our thoughts are currently positioned right now. And again, I said this earlier in the show, when conservatives offer thoughts and prayers after a shooting, the left is always like, yeah, shut up with your thoughts and your prayers. They're not doing the job. No, no, no. We don't offer them because we think they're going to stop evil from happening. We are offering them as a gesture of compassion to the people who are suffering. And yes, we are sending positive vibes into the universe and hoping it will bring some positive outcomes in the way of these suffering people, you know, in the coming days. But we don't actually think you can surround the school with prayer and stop this sort of thing from happening. There's a really disgusting oversimplification in the aftermath of one of these shootings. And understand, I'm not going to delve into the hatred. But what I am going to say is, uh, you know, there are a lot of good faith people out there that, you know, they feel helpless. You feel helpless. You want to do something on behalf of these kids. You want to do something on behalf of these families. You want to do something on behalf of your own family. So I get where you'd want to lash out and be like, screw the conservatives, screw the NRA. You're operating from a place of emotion, emotion that often denies you the truth, that denies you the facts. Okay, the NRA didn't shoot anybody yesterday. No right-wing commentator shot anybody yesterday. Okay, it was a lunatic suffering from mental health issues who came from a broken home in a society 
okay, that is decaying at every turn when we talk about the moral fabric of this country. So it's not, you know, you can't solve the problem by just trashing people who disagree with you. You got to solve the problem by tackling the problem. What is it in our society? It's not gun laws. There's 400 million guns on the street. You get rid of every gun law tomorrow, you don't get rid of the guns. They're still there. And the criminals who don't respect the law and commit murder are certainly not going to respect the gun laws and not purchase an illegal firearm. Yeah, I want to make life harder on them, but it's harder for me to sit here and condone punishing the people who follow the law in the aftermath of a mass shooting as opposed to finding a way to attack the people who don't follow the law. Uh, Logan is on the line. He's in Chandler, Arizona. He'll straighten this out. Yo, Logan. Hey, Jimmy, I've got two daughters, man. They're they're ten and nine, and this stuff is this stuff is crazy. Yes, they're in elementary school. You know, if I sit down and try to talk to them, they're going to be scared to go to school. But what can I do? I got to prep them for for if this ever happens to them. But you know, it terrifies me. I'm a gun owner. I'm an NRA member. I've got plenty of guns. But what is it in our country that is different than other countries? And I'm just saying, and I, as much as I hate to say this, I mean, mm-hmm. the dude bought a gun when he was 18. Yeah. There's, what if we just tried it, what the Democrats are saying? What are they saying? No more, no more AK-47s and long rifles or whatever. What if we just tried it for a year, mm-hmm. you know, and just did a test run? You know, if nothing happens, great. It's worth it, right? I mean, it's worth it. I would give up my guns gladly if not another kid died in the school. I would give but you that. But you've got to fortify the schools as well. You, I mean, mm-hmm. you go to a check-cashing place, there's a security guard. Yeah. You go to a casino, you can't, you can't walk five feet without having five cops around. So what is it, the money? They should put military personnel in every single elementary school starting tomorrow. We need to have a school board. Um, you know, security council advisory committee or whatever Washington calls those people to fortify the schools, bulletproof doors, windows. It seems like my elementary school that my daughters go to, Mm -hmm. I walk in one door Mm -hmm. and it's the front office. Yeah, I could jump over the counter and be inside the elementary school. Yeah, we want to do more. Listen, Logan, I I think you make a lot of good points. We all want to do more. We're going to continue this discussion in the next hour because somehow I still have advertisers and I do have to go to a break. But thank you for the call for real. And I encourage all of you to keep contributing. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Casting as we always do from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon lacing them up. Got a heavy day on the show today. If you're just joining us, we are, of course, reacting to the senseless killing of 19 children and two adults in Evalde, Texas. Uh, we're taking your calls. We spoke with former Attorney General Bill Barr earlier. We're going to be discussing the situation with Leo Terrell, Leo 2.0, Fox News contributor, joining us in this hour as well. Uh, if you want to open for Leo, 888-788-9910. I always, at the beginning of the show every day, remind everybody listening, you don't have to agree with me. Uh, this is an audio safe space for, for uh, cool people. You know, or if you can be cool, you can behave, you can disagree all you want. I say be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a No need for that, especially not on a day like today where we're really trying to make sense of this and find solutions. Okay, some of the calls I've taken so far, including that of the attorney general, involved stricter security at schools where we might have to fortify schools 
similar to the way we have fortified airports. And I know that's frustrating. You say, hey, I don't want my kids going to school in a military zone. But if the alternative is what we saw yesterday in Evalde, Texas, I don't see how you can argue against it. You know, we need to be committing more resources to the protection of our children. And again, I understand there is a component of this on the left that's just stricter guns and you know limitations and common sense gun laws. But, uh, you know, I, I want you to understand that the reason people often argue against your tighter gun restrictions is because they only affect the law-abiding citizen. The criminal doesn't respect the law. Murder was illegal. Carrying a gun on school grounds in Texas is illegal. Texas has some of the strictest school gun laws in America. Okay, Texas is a state that prides itself on responsible gun ownership. So much so that, yes, this 18-year-old kid did pass a background check in order to get that gun. So sadly, tragically, we couldn't have legislated this away. We couldn't have. It's unfortunate. And I know we're thinking now with an eye on preventing the next one, and we should. But what I'm trying to do today, rather than score cheap political points, because the president did that last night, it really bothered me. Like, it bothered me enough it was funny because I watched it. I was about to shut it off, and then Tucker came on and reacted to it, and Tucker absolutely trashed the president for trying to piggyback on the pain of these parents. And I, I actually did sit there and watch it, and I was like, my God, why do we do this? You know, in what world do you think we're going to reach consensus by blaming the people who disagree with you for a tragedy they had nothing to do with? Nobody in the NRA shot up that school. No conservative commentator, no right-wing politician shot up that school. A lunatic did. A kid who came from a broken home, a kid who clearly had mental health issues. We know these for facts. We know the home was screwed up. Okay, we know he had mental health issues. I think if we could start at that place a consensus and we could start to prioritize those two things, you know, encouraging strong nuclear families. And again, there are plenty of kids who come from prosperity and turn out to be crap. There are plenty of kids that come from nothing and do A-OK. Each kid individually, you know, is in its own set of circumstance with his own level of determination and perseverance and self-reliance and drive and ambition and everything in between. But we know again and again and again when it comes to these shooters, they all fall under those two umbrellas. Okay, there's a mental health problem, clearly, and there's some type of broken home situation that's denied them a positive upbringing that's left them with a healthy respect for human life that's left them wanting to be a positive asset to society as opposed to a negative one. So on this show, I'm very much prioritizing those two things because the lashing out at the political points, people, it just it bothers me. Biden did this last night. I want you to hear it. He started off on an empathetic note and away he went. Stand up to the gun manufacturers and screw everybody else. Here's clip seven. As we saw just 10 days ago at a grocery store in Buffalo, New York, I am sick and tired of it. We have to act. And don't tell me we can't have an impact on this carnage. I spent my career as a senator and a vice president working to pass common sense gun laws. We can and won't prevent every tragedy, but we know they work and have positive impact. So it's, you know, he's sick and tired of it, and I get that. That's the note he strikes. We're all sick and tired of it. But the Buffalo shooter. 
had violated the state's red flag laws, meaning he should not have had his guns, had the laws we already have on the books been properly enforced. They weren't properly enforced. So part of the frustration in this moment on the right is when you hear the left calling for more guns and, you know, more, you know, more gun restrictions is again and again and again, they only wind up affecting the people who follow the law. Murderers don't follow the law, and it's very frustrating. Here is a little more Biden clip eight. And the gun manufacturers have spent two decades aggressively marking assault weapons, which make them the most and largest profit. For God's sake, we have to have the courage to stand up to the industry. There's a little more clip nine. These kinds of mass shootings never happen with the kind of frequency that happen in America. Why? Why are we willing to live with this carnage? Why do we keep letting this happen? Where in God's name is our backbone to have the courage to deal with it and stand up to the lobbies? So it's, you know, Biden basically telling you, you know, we don't have the balls to fix this and we need to be doing more. What he's completely omitting is that the Democrats controlled both houses of Congress under Barack Obama and did nothing. Don't be thick, all right? They currently control both houses of Congress under Joe Biden. Okay, and he can talk a big game, but the reason they won't pass any type of sweeping legislation is because deep down, okay, most of his constituents don't want it. It's not because the NRA lobbies or anything like that. It's because Americans, okay, Americans in this country, the vast, 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 vast majority of gun owners are responsible gun owners, and they don't want their rights infringed upon for the simple fact that we're watching countries around the globe right now, okay, get trampled by authoritarian governments because they're not an armed populace. We're watching our government spend $40 billion on weapons for Ukraine. It's like we're sitting here in America being like, we need to take away all the you know high-capacity guns from the population. And we're saying that a week after we just cheered the president for sending high-capacity guns over to Ukraine. And you say, ah, oh, but that's different. Ukraine's being invaded. Well, what happens if we get invaded? I mean, there's, there, there are reasons, okay? We all want to protect the kids, and we need to start there. The reason this conversation isn't productive is because in the aftermath of a shooting, people on the left say people on the right murdered these kids. You're animals. You don't care about kids. Oh, that's a way to have a constructive discourse. It doesn't work that way. You know, and that's what people need to understand. When you're lashing out at the people who didn't do it, there's no way to solve the problem without focusing our attention on the people who did. Okay? David is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He's got a handle on the whole thing. Hey, David, what's going on, buddy? Hey, Jimmy, I'm a big fan. Can you hear me all right? Oh, I hear you great, man, but don't tell people you're a big fan. If you ever get, like, pulled over by a cop, they'll think you're hammered. Brother, I, I <laughs> tune in to watch you on Tucker. I'm looking forward to you on the five. Oh, hey, uh, love it. I got to uh, I got to say, uh, you got to know where I'm coming from. I got the Second Amendment on the front of my Jeep, and my tag is 2A for USA. So okay. I'm a big Second Amendment guy, but I got to disagree with you about one thing. Okay, uh, I do. Di- I do agree with you 
a lot of this is family breakdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I grew up without a father. I got a lot of these boys that grew up with my son that don't have a father. It's a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. But I do disagree with you and everybody else. Most of these, most of these guys, I, I think that they have, they don't have a respect for life. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that it's not truly evil, but truly that, or, or that they're crazy. I'm sorry. I don't think that they're crazy or they're insane. They're just hormonal teenagers. You say all the time about how stupid teenagers are yes. and how many stupid things you did when you were young. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why I wouldn't let my son know the code to my gun safe mm-hmm. until he was 20 years old and I knew who he was. Yeah. And he's a good church boy. I love that guy. But mm-hmm. But these hormonal kids, they do stupid things. Guys in bars at 18 and 19. Yes. Most of the mistakes we make when we're young are because of hormones. Most of these killings are 18-year-olds. If this guy, you're right, the buffalo would have happened anyway, but this guy wouldn't have if he couldn't have bought those guns at 18. Listen, I, I, I don't disagree with you that 18 is a very hormonal age and that I myself, I grew up seeing senseless violence out of 18-year-olds. So I actually can't argue with you there. I think where it gets hazy for both of us is that, you know, it is an age where we're willing to arm these kids and make them go fight wars on the other side of the world. And it's like, how can we ask them to defend us but deny them the right to defend themselves? Because, again, you know, they portray this, you know, Biden will say, dear, don't wear Kevlar vests or, you know, me and you are talking about it from the standpoint of these lunatics who shoot up schools. But the Second Amendment isn't there uh, for those reasons. It's there for self-defense against a tyrannical government or any other type of situation. So it's tough because I agree with you on the hormonal thing. So I think maybe the answer is in each individual case, the vetting for 18 year olds might need to be stricter. Uh, because, you know, they have that right. But again, it's the people like this lunatic that take the conversation in a totally different direction of hormonal 18 year olds doing bad things. I have seen that pride. I have seen the pride of an 18 year old kid do something in a flash of anger, in a flash of emasculation that they probably will regret for the rest of their lives. So I, I don't you know, I, I don't doubt that what you're saying is partially true, but I think we're in a tough we, we have a tough time selling that because, again, these 18 year old kids are going to have to pick up a gun and go defend us. It's hard to say to them, but you can't defend yourself because some of you are too horny or crazy. So it's tough. Where are you really quickly on on fortifying the schools? Do you think that's just a reality now? I, I think it needs to be a part of it. Absolutely. OK, it, if, yeah. my, if my kids or grandkids were in, in elementary school right now, absolutely. I, I want security there all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I'm with I, I'm with you there. I, I think it's sad that this is what the world has come to. But, uh, you know, if, if, if our concern is the kids, then we don't have time to lament how sad the world is. We actually need to step on the gas and try to help them. Um, yes, Dave, it's a good call. We're going to be down in Tulsa. I don't think it's going to be until the fall, but I'm counting on you to buy me at least one beer since you said you're a fan. Brother, only if it's a dark beer. I, I, I'm, I can't drink this weak ale and no. stuff like that. It's, it, it's got to be Guinness or something really dark. I oh. like my beer like I like my coffee. It's got to be black and strong, brother. <laughs> I love it. All right. No, I'm sold. You, me, a couple of Guinnesses. It, it works out. Uh, it's going to happen yes, in the fall. David, good call, yes. man. I, I really appreciate your perspective on this, buddy. 888-788-9910. Leo Terrell coming up. Uh, we'll get to more of your calls and my brilliant analysis after this. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. 
It is Fox Across America. Right now, we're about to reach across the world, where Jeremy is on the line listening in from Dubai. Yo, Jeremy. Yeah, hello, Jimmy. How are you? Good. You definitely win the furthest award, uh, furthest away award today. Fine. That's great. That's great. I, I always listen to you, and um, I think you're doing great. Oh, thank um, you, buddy. I'm yeah. trying. I mean, I, I, it, it's just heartbreaking when, when you, we watch the news from outside of the U.S., and um, we keep seeing these um, shootings that uh, have been happening. And I, I think that there's a lot more that could be done. Mm-hmm. And so the point I was trying to make was that, uh, I mean, there are 18-year-olds around the world. Mm-hmm. There are 18-year-olds out of the same wherever you go. They all have hormonal um, 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 influences and issues. But th- I think the difference that we have in the U.S. is that they easily have access to guns. Mm-hmm. So um, there's got to be there's got to be a plan where the access to guns is restricted and limited. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, you, you you come to Dubai. I mean, 18 year olds do not have access to guns. Mm-hmm. You go to the, the Europe with the same thing. So there's got to be a plan in place where you can have your guns. But then when for the younger generation, there should be a bit of restriction. In them getting access to these guns, and I think because it's so heartbreaking when we watch the, 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 the scenarios and these news items where there are these mass shootings and kids are dying. I mean, it, yeah. it, it's just one of the best for for, for, the, for the America. And, yeah, um, I, I thought I, I wanted to put in my two cents. No, I'm glad you did. I mean, I, I agree with you that we need to do a better job of making sure that these guns are falling into the hands of responsible people. It's very tricky yeah. because the argue, not not that it's an argument, but the counter to what you're saying, a lot of which I agree with, is that unfortunately when you live in a society that has 400 million guns on the streets already, you know, that's that's yeah. more than a gun per person. And sadly, if someone wants to commit an act like murder, they don't respect the law, which means they're not going to respect the gun laws, meaning they can easily break those gun laws and go buy that gun illegally. You know, it's crazy because these last couple of shootings have been legally purchased guns. So if the argument yeah. is, you know, stricter, you know, background checks, I, I, I can't yeah. see why you'd argue against it. I just don't know the answer. I, I think we have a real mental health problem. I think people yeah. are growing up in bad houses. And I do think as a society, we have to encourage, you know, better parenting. Like, I, I think there's a failure of parenting over here, Jeremy, where most parents yeah. are off living their own life and their kid is kind of an accessory to their life as opposed to the yeah. center of their universe. And yeah. I think more yeah. parents need to you know, prioritize their kids in ways that they aren't. And, you know, let's say there aren't plenty of good parents out there, but there are certainly plenty of bad ones, too. Um, do yeah. you you live in Dubai full time? Yeah, I live in Dubai. I live in Dubai full time. What, what is the gun situation out o- over there? Do people have access or is it more limited? I, I'm not familiar. No, That's why there. I asked. It's, it's there. I mean, I mean, there okay. are no guns at all. I mean, yeah, there are guns because it's a very expatriate community that we have here in Dubai. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, I mean, as far as you're an expatriate, um, there absolutely is no way you you can have access to to, to guns. Wow. So I, I think that, that that kind of creates 
wall, we can say it's a bit of a safe zone. So I think there should be a lot more discussion. And I, th- I think we, there should be more discussion around the subject mm-hmm. to find a solution, a permanent solution to this. Okay. Um, I mean, it, it cannot continue like this. No, I mean, listen, I, I think we all agree there. I think that's where we got to start. We all agree that we need this sort of thing to end. And there needs to be some yeah. type of tangible action taken. You know, the frustration is you yeah. can't, you know, evil people are evil people. The law doesn't change the evil in their hearts. But we got to do something. I mean, if if it's made its way over to Dubai, if the people are worked up about it in Dubai, the Americans need to get yeah. going. So I, I appreciate the most call, definitely. Jeremy. Most definitely. All right. Well, let's do it Thank again you. soon, brother. I appreciate you listening. Be well. 888-788-9910. Leo Terrell is actually joining us next. And he's going to recap the primaries last night. And uh, he will, of course, offer his takes on this heinous shooting as well, a shooting by an unnamed shooter. We're done with that in the media. We have to stop naming these people. You cannot, cannot, cannot give them any notoriety from doing this sort of thing because I really do feel that on some perverse level, it motivates the next wacko to be like, hey, I could be relevant for 48 hours or 72 hours or a week. Why don't I go do something? And maybe I'm wrong, but I'd rather err on the side of caution so you will not hear this dirtbag's name out of me. But you will hear. You will hear Leo Terrell uh, joining me next right here on the Big Bad, one and only Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And as many of you know, I took a photo at the White House Correspondents' Dinner with this next guest. And I really hope you like it because he charged me $500 for one picture. <laughs> here he is on the phone to collect his money. Leo Terrell is here. Yo, Leo. Uh, I'll tell you, can I call you Jimmy 2.0? That picture you took is on my Twitter account, and the number of views is astronomical. <laughs> I may have to start, you know, trolling you. I, you, you don't mind if I call you Jimmy 2.0 because uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, you're on a just, uh, I mean, you're on a roll, man. You're well, everywhere. Well, listen, I, I w- I'm only Jimmy 1.0 when it comes to pictures because you said it was two <laughs> pictures for 775. So I can only pay for the one. So I'll go with Jimmy 1.0, and you can be 2.0 uh-huh. till I'm making your money, okay? All right, all right, all right. I haven't got the uh, even the, the the money for the first photograph, but you know, right? Two for <laughs> Oh, Leo. How you doing, my friend? Good, How buddy. Better now. But always good to hear your voice on a day like today. Whenever the news cycle's bad, the thing I, the thing that you people like you and I offer is perspective. We're real people. We're trying to offer perspective. I, I saw you tactfully last night announce on Twitter that you were also not going to be engaged in a political debate in the aftermath of this horrible shooting. But uh, I don't know if you noticed, but the president didn't take that high road. The president went right in, right in. You know, I'll tell you right now, I want, I want to make sure I'm as clear as possible. I, I was so offended by this guy to pull out mm-hmm. historical, traditional, gun control, democratic talking points. Mm-hmm. It was so offensive mm-hmm. because, it, let me say right now, this over-the-hill president just doesn't get it mm-hmm. without any of the facts. Without any of the information, without without the focus on the victims and family, we still didn't know the facts. Mm-hmm. He goes political. Yep. It was the most embarrassing eight minutes of a president.
presidential speech I've ever heard for the wrong time, wrong place. He is absolutely the wrong president in a crisis like this. You know, Leo, look, I agree with you. And the reason I say it is because we obviously have a disagreement on gun laws in this country. But when you blame the people who disagree with you for a tragedy, that, that there's nothing constructive about that because there's no world where we're going to come to the table now and have a good faith dialogue. You've just called half the country murderers. You know, like if you're throwing a party and you want people to RSVP, yes, you don't call them murderers on the invitation, you know, but that's essentially what he did. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right because see, let me tell you right now, let's let's just play the end game. Let's just you and I, I think we resonate well with the listeners, the viewers. Let's be honest. If there is no attempt to, to, to resolve this. This is a talking point. This is a fundraising idea. This is to deflect from his disastrous administration. Let me be as clear as I can because this pains me to see what happened there. Jimmy, I used to be a school teacher, and so this pains me. This is nothing more than a political opportunity for the Democrats to politicize a, a horrific tragic event with no intention, with no intention to come to a solution, a resolution, or some type of method of healing this country. Now, you're making a great point. We're talking to Leo Terrell, if you're just joining us, because something I, I mentioned earlier is, you know, the Democrats have controlled both houses of Congress under Obama and not done anything. They control them again under Biden and they aren't doing anything because at their core, they, you know, most of the party doesn't actually want to do anything either because they understand America. Yeah. And, and, they, and they understand Americans don't actually want insanely strict gun restrictions only because the, the people who follow them are, are not the criminals. You know, it's you're, you're penalizing the law abiding citizen, putting him at a disadvantage against the criminal who's probably going to go get this gun either way. And that's the frustration is that there's a level of lying going on in the aftermath of one of these tragedies that tells people there was a type of legislation that could have prevented it. But the truth is that legislation sadly doesn't exist. The kid legally bought the guns. He passed a background check and everybody screaming and yelling otherwise, to your point, is probably just doing so because they're going to send out a fundraising email. Is that all this yes. really is? That's all it is. I'm going to, I'm going to, again, we are going to just level with your listeners. Jimmy, every, you and I are sitting here today. Call me on Monday because you and I are talking about all the shooting that goes on in Chicago, mm -hmm. Los Angeles, Philadelphia. And do they care about gun control then? No. They turn their back on it. Mm -hmm. This is a game for the Democrats. Mm -hmm. There is no legislation that would have stopped that. And yet, crime is rampant in Democratic City. We're to call for gun control every day, seven days a week. Crickets, nothing. This is a game. That's so true. It's uh, listen, I, I agree with you. It's it's sad to say, but I, I agree with you. Because there is an indifference to lives. That can't be exploited politically. That's the truth. When you talk about Chicago, when you talk about people getting shot, you know, if they can't sell a racial component to move the ratings needle, there's no interest in those lives. And that it's sad. Thank but it's, you. You've, Thank uh, you. No, I've no, heard... that you're honest. That's it. Let's be clear. Uh -huh. Because if black on black crime, oh, no, we're, we're not going to touch that. Oh, no, no. We're going to ignore it. Uh -huh. And then we got a mayor. Do you live in New York City? You got a mayor yep. who wants to run for president. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Mayor Adams. Yeah. One of the lousiest mayors in the country, your mayor, mm -hmm. he wants to run for president. Yeah. Resign, mayor, and go ahead. Good luck. Try to win the election. Yeah, no, he's an idiot. My God. He, 
No, he's he's an idiot. No. Leo, in the aftermath of our first subway shooting, not the most recent one, but in the aftermath of the first one, we found out that our subway cameras didn't work. The security cameras didn't work. And uh, the response to that was not we're going to fix the cameras. It was within a week yeah. we were enforcing a mask mandate on the subway again. And I got to be honest, Leo, as a guy who takes the subway from time to time, COVID is not one of the top 10 viruses you can catch on the subway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you because I care, my man. If you you spend your life riding the subway and all you come down with is COVID, you're kind of thankful. You're like, oh, wow. I don't know what I was going to tell my wife. Thank God it's COVID. Oh, man. Woo. A mess. But stick with me. Leo Terrell is on the line. We're having a grown-up talk about all things. Grown-up talk. We are. We are. We're holding it together. I I don't want to change the temperament of this conversation, but why didn't you let me sit at your table at the White House press conference? Yo. Is there something? (laughs) Did I have the wrong deodorant on? (laughs) No. Yo. Leo. I mean, but it was a picture, and it was, okay, goodbye. Yo, you want to know something? I I just want to be honest. I'm going to tell you the highest praise I can ever give you, okay? Obviously, I'm not in charge of the seating arrangements, or I wouldn't have been sitting with the new White House press secretary because that's who I was sitting with. <laughs> my table, my table was outrageous. The night before I was at a party, I got sat with Jen Psaki. I'm like, am I getting punked? I'm like, what is going on here? But the night before I ran into Jen Psaki, the next night of Karine Jean-Pierre, they're all there. They don't sit me with you. But I will say this, Leo. You really changed me on one thing, okay? Because there was a rumor. There was like a whole, there was like a whole movement a few years back where they wanted Idris Elba, okay, the actor, to play the next James Bond. And they were, and I was like, you know, I don't agree with don't this. Go there. Stop it! I don't. I, I said I don't agree with this. It's too woke. We should just make a new character. We we shouldn't have to change the color of James Bond. But when I saw you in your tux, I now want a black man to play so, James Bond. Oh my God! Terrell, okay, okay. Leo Terrell. Dinner on me. Okay, I'm buying dinner. I'm buying dinner. <laughs> I'm buying dinner with that 007 money. No, I'm telling you right now. Okay, Leo. You got dinner. You got dinner and, and one drink. Le- well, one I was going to say the way you party, your nickname would be Double O Seven and Seven. <laughs> I love coming to so, this program and talk to you. Well, well, I love I, I love know, having you, and, and you know love. that. And we're trying to hold the country yes. together. So let me ask you this, okay? Because we did get some primary results last night. You're a huge yes. fan of Stacey Abrams. Explain to my listeners. <laughs> explain to my listeners why you're so elated in this moment. Now, let me tell you right now, if she doesn't love Georgia, if she finds Georgia uncomfortable, will you please tell me why is she running for governor? And I'll be very clear. Her 15 minutes of fame occurred in 2018. Mm -hmm. She's going to get annihilated. Okay, she's going to get totally annihilated. Stacey Abrams. Remember, that's the state where there's Jim Crow laws, Mm -hmm. notwithstanding record voters turnout. The Democrats just lie a lot. They just lie. They don't deal with facts. They don't want to deal with facts. They want to play the emotional card. And I'll tell you right now, she's going to lose. She's going to lose in November. Save this tape. She's going to lose. (laughs) Listen, she better lose because the whole all the race baiting stuff again and again and again. You know, they moved the Major League All-Star game out of Atlanta, which, by the way, screwed the black community and the business owners out of one hundred million dollars in commerce. Uh, and and yes. what did this what did this law result in? But as you said, a 220 percent increase in early voting. And this was done, by the way, by a president whose home state of Delaware has no early voting. So I, I think people it's are waking up. Hypocrisy. 
Mm-hmm. Go ahead, please. I'm yeah. sorry. No, I was going to say, I, I think people are waking up. I think people are starting to realize that yelling racism is not caring about the black community. And I think to a point you made earlier, it really seems like with the Democratic Party, the black votes matter more than the black lives. Would you agree? I would agree. But I'll tell you right now, and this is why they're doubling down the race carnival, because black voters are leaving the Democratic Party. Look at the Hispanic numbers. They're mm-hmm. leaving yep. because that that dog won't hunt any longer. Mm-hmm. The race card, the race card, the race card. Mm-hmm. It's a lie. It's a big lie. I left the Democratic Party because all the lying. If you don't vote for if you vote for Trump, you ain't black. How dare you, Joe Biden? How dare you play the race card? And every corporation that punished Georgia for that law should apologize. The phony thing about Black Lives Matter, it's a scam, and the American public is sick and tired of the race car being played when the race car doesn't exist. One last point. Mm-hmm. In Georgia, a southern state, you got a black candidate running for the U.S. Senate on the Republican side, mm-hmm. and then you got a city black Democratic senator, and you got a black female. Where is the racism? <laughs> Where is it? It's. I mean, we know the answer, but that's that's what's so infuriating. It's and 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 honestly laughable. Last question, then, uh, President Trump. He has racked up a lot of wins, a lot of wins with his endorsements. Are you taking any credit since Trump took that public photo with you? I'm going to tell you right now, hmm. President Trump has no impact on this country unless he constantly takes photographs with me. People are attracted to Leo 2.0. President Trump, who is he? I, mean, I made President Trump. I made him. He knows okay, where, I made President Trump. He, he knows okay, where his bread I, is buttered. I, I made President Trump and Jimmy. Hold on okay? a second. I take full credit. <laughs> I take full credit for Jimmy 2.0 and President Trump. Wow. We're going back to the White House in 2024. Yeah, I, listen, I'm I'm fine with it. I, I don't care about 2024. I just want someone to take away your car keys right now. And as long as <laughs> we'll focus on 2024. Right now, I believe I'm talking to point 2024. <laughs> You're the best. Leo, I love you, buddy. You're the best, man. I love you. We'll do it again soon. You. All right, I'll check in. Take Be care. well. You're the best. There he goes. The great Leo Terrell. There we go. Back with your calls after this. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Trying to hold this country together in the aftermath of a senseless shooting. Been a pretty heavy show today, but I'm getting through it uh, with fine guests like Attorney General Bill Barr and Leo Terrell. But it is all you and me from here to the finish line. I'll get to as many of your calls as I can at 888-788-9910. Bo, batting leadoff in Naugatuck, Connecticut. Yo, Bo. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, my brother and cool. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. I, I do get flashbacks when I see Naugatuck because I don't know if you know this, but in like the late 90s, early aughts, I invested most of my life savings in the blackjack tables at the Mohican Sun Casino. Um <laughs> I like to tell people I put the money in storage, but something tells me they won't give it back if I go there to claim it. Well, that's, uh, that reminds me of one of my father's pocket, a couple of my father's pocket philosophies. Number one, your pockets will jingle if you remain single. <laughs> and uh, number two, that's the way it goes. 
first your money, then your clothes, <laughs> and number three, uh, one day a winner, next day no dinner. So uh, <laughs> oh, he was loaded with them. Uh, but um, I'm calling because I, I am deeply concerned about uh, uh, Biden's comments following that horrible Oh, you event. watched that at the White House last night, the 8 o'clock address? Well, I have a trouble uh, watching. I had a line of duty injury. I lost my eyesight. So oh, I, that's why I listened to you. <laughs> <laughs> so you stuck with me. Well, it, it yeah, could be well, worse. You're in it, good company, so yeah, don't buddy. sweat it. But um, I, I was deeply concerned when I was listening to his um, remarks when he got back and everything. Mm. And initially, I could hear what I, I perceived to be a genuine concern and, 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 and the feelings being expressed were okay. I, 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 I get that he's, he's having a lucid moment, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I was impressed. And then it um, abruptly turned into a Joe, the chin performance. <laughs> he, um, he, you know, he, he, he went into this uh, whole political and turned into this inept, corrupt, uh, desensitized. Are you uh, talking about when he attacked the gun lobby? All that stuff. When he went from focusing on the children and you know their families and their well-being, um, and, and then just like and, and got into the political mode with the gun lobby and all of that other stuff. What I what I really consider, I tried like hell to keep my emotions and yeah. uh, objectivity but from got being outrun out by subject. You know, yeah. Well, listen. Here's the thing. I'm just going to jump. I'm going to jump in on you for one second. I think sure. the frustration we all have when he does this is that we have a diff, we have a disagreement on philosophy when it comes to gun laws. And we also have a disagreement when it comes to, like, tact and couth in that these people are dealing with dead children. It's really not the time for us to try to piggyback off of their pain to score political points. And I think a lot of people, you know, would agree with you. I think you're making a good point is that he had an opportunity to unify the country and he went right to the core division, which, you know, when you spread hatred towards the people who didn't do this, you alienate the debate, number one. You know, number two, you make society. Society that much more contentious. You know, we're at a really dark inflection point in our society and having a president that just dives right in and fans the flames of division. I just think it's reckless, man. Well, one of the things that uh, really uh, irked my ire was the the fact that we we lost a relative. I lost a cousin, a young mm-hmm. cousin up in uh, up in Sandy Hook. Mm-hmm. And uh, Vicky was a teacher there and all that. And you know, so it has a ripple effect. But but the thing that kills me is, you know, he's inept. Uh, he is corrupt. He um, is, is totally, totally desensitized from everything. And he does not accept his complicity in anything. And even I have friends and family. Uh, I have uh fellow firefighters and, you know, my brothers and sisters down there along the border and all that. And we, I hear things that are going on firsthand. Yeah. From that need to be addressed. Uh, what I'm, is not 
being reported. No, no, it's bad. Know? I'm just jumping in because I'm going to lose you to a commercial break, Bo. You make a lot of brilliant points. Like for a guy who listens to this show every day, somehow your brain is still intact. So that's that's a win for you and maybe even a win for me. Uh, but he's right to say, and you are right to say, Bo, that the president has been derelict in his duty to secure the border. And they have turned a blind eye towards a lot of inner city violence. So it's hard to take them at their word when they try to come in and score political points on the back of a tragedy. We will get to all of your calls when we come back. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. We're broadcasting, as we always do, from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, your radio buddy, trying to have an adult conversation today about the horrific events that took place yesterday in Uvalde, Texas. We can tell you in this hour that the governor of Texas has spoken, the lieutenant governor of Texas has spoken, and Beto O'Rourke has heckled them from within the crowd and been thrown out of the proceedings. What a loser. I start every day. I start every hour by saying on this show, hey, man, everybody's welcome. We don't care if you agree with us. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. Just don't be a. Well, today we have changed the slogan for at least the next hour. Don't be a Beto. Don't be a self-serving jackass who is trying to score even more political points in the wake of this tragedy by yelling at the guy you're running against. We have the clip, Josh. Play it right here. Pass the mic to Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sit down. You're out of you're out of line and an embarrassment. Sit down. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. So here is Governor Abbott now following up. But just to clarify, that's Beto O'Rourke. We are at a press conference, just so you understand, where the governor of Texas is giving an update on what we know about the shooting as it pertains to the victims, as it pertains to the shooter, as it pertains to children being treated in the hospital. Beto O'Rourke, a guy who's running for governor, decides to use this moment as a look at me. I'm activist Beto. I'm going to interrupt and get a soundbite. Garbage like you just makes me sick. I really hope people watch that. And that's the end of his political career because it's just perform performative pandering jackassery, which is all he's ever been known for uh, in his you know, self-serving time in politics in which he got his ass handed to him in a Senate race after spending more money than the average presidential campaign and then turned around and ran for president and got laughed out of the room despite being on the cover of Vanity Fair under the headline, Born to Do This. <laughs> Unless we're talking about, you know, born to concede elections, Beto was not born to do 
anything but make an ass out of himself. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. So in that moment, Beto is interrupting the passing of the mic between Abbott and Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Governor Abbott then follows up the clip I just played you with the following. There are, there are family members. There are family members who are crying as we speak. There are family members whose hearts are broken. There's no words that anybody shouting can come up here and do anything to heal those broken hearts. We all, every Texan, every American has a responsibility where we need to focus not on ourselves and our agendas. We need to focus on the healing and hope that we can provide to those who have suffered unconscionable damage to their lives and loss of life. We need all Texans to, in this one moment in time, put aside personal agendas, think of somebody other than ourselves, think about the people who were hurt, and help those who have been hurt. That's my studio audience applauding, but I think any audience should be able to applaud the governor's wisdom right there. This is not a moment for self-serving jackassery, but that's exactly what Beto, he showed up there and interrupted a briefing again, a briefing meant to update people on the suffering of children, on to give us the facts that we'll need to go forward. Okay, this is a critical function of the governor's duty. And in that moment, Beto O'Rourke is out there, what, stunting, as the kids would say. He's stunting for more attention. Just just a disgusting jackass in that moment. But it's why he'll never make it as an elected official. It's because no one buys it. Get him out of here. Get him out. That is such a calculated, self-serving thing. Like, they're running for governor. They're losing in the polls. Like, literally got together with a couple of well-funded strategists this morning and was like, I got it. We'll show up and act like we're so outraged. We're going to go after the governor at his briefing. And that's what they did, thinking it'll, like, mobilize support on the left. Because that's what we want to elect. You know, a guy who literally tramples over the grieving of parents, over the bodies of children, to score cheap political points. Yo, Beto O'Rourke, seriously, man, you. Seriously. Seriously, you. It's the only way I can say it. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy. It's really, it's like it's frustrating to me because we're having a very constructive dialogue today on the show. We've had Attorney General Bill Barr on. Leo Terrell joined us a few moments ago. We've taken a lot of your calls. And if you're on hold, I'm getting to everybody. I have no guests booked in the third hour. I wanted to make sure we had plenty of you and me time because I want today to be a day of solutions. I said it at the top of the show. Today was not a day for stunts. Today was not a day to score cheap political points. It was a day to try to have a constructive dialogue. I feel like we owe that to the victims and their families. I don't think it's a day to just trash one side, but here I am bashing a Democratic politician who's just a buffoon. I mean, Beto O'Rourke's a loser, so we should pivot now away from Beto because I consider that from a conversational standpoint, addition by subtraction. 
Okay. Landon is in College Station, Texas. Uh, he has been on hold. You can bat lead off in this hour. Yo, Landon. How are you, Jimmy? Thank you for having me on. Of course. Uh, as long as you're not going to heckle me and interrupt my speech like Beto, we should do just fine. No, no, no. I'm much more mature than that, thankfully. Uh, so I just wanted to touch base on some points that you made a little bit earlier when the gentleman mentioned uh, stricter gun laws. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we do have good gun laws. They do need to be enforced. Um, as far as the age, mm-hmm. 18, I believe, nowadays is not an acceptable age for gun ownership. Okay. And I will uh, tell you why. Okay. It's because 20 years ago, yes, I believe an 18-year-old had the mental capacity he had the, the the life experiences that would require him to mentally make the right choices with that weapon. Nowadays, with our culture of sheltered children, you can't say mean things to them. You safe spaces. They're not mentally and emotionally ready to deal with life choices, and they shouldn't have that avenue of revenge yeah. or vengeance to, to take upon somebody when they get angry. Um, Listen, I don't think and, you're wrong there. I actually and, I think it's a good point. Continue. So, so as far as the 18, and you made the argument of, you know, we give them guns to go shoot off in the military and protect us, that, that's – but to caveat, when we do that, we don't give them the gun and then just say, hey, go ahead. Yeah. You know, I was served in the military for seven years, um, did two tours, and they didn't just give me that gun. They no. trained me. They mm-hmm. taught me how to use it. It was a continuous training. It was all mm-hmm. – so, you know, why not come up with some kind of source where – Hey, in America, if I want to drive a car, I have to practice. I have to learn how to use it. I have to sit and I have to operate that vehicle with someone next to me saying, yes, you are capable of operating this safely. I feel like you have the ability to use this safely. Go ahead and drive. Mm -hmm. Why do we not have that with guns? You know, hey, go through these trainings and sit with somebody, operate. You know, they have it for concealed carry. Mm -hmm. You know, why not do it to get the gun? You know, that makes it a little bit more of you get that mental state. Mm-hmm. idea and vision of that person during that training yeah and you kind of get that perception of hey maybe this guy shouldn't own a gun he's kind of weird or this guy's just not getting it you need to do some more training with guns before we're going to hand you a gun over the counter if that makes sense no i mean yeah you're you're almost saying that in addition to a background check it's almost like driver's ed in that the gun owner is going to be mentally screened by the instructor as like a second level of oversight. I mean, listen, I'm not I'm, I'm honestly I'm not against that because you want to make sure these guns wind up with the right people. You know what people always tell you is that if we impose stricter restrictions, the criminals don't follow the law. They go get the gun anyway. But, you know, there are going to be examples where the criminals who don't follow the law, maybe they can't get the gun anyway in the in the town they happen to be in. So these laws would, in fact, save a life. Like, I'm not against it, man. I mean, anything out there, Landon, that winds up, like, saving a life, making it hard, truly harder on a criminal, I support. And I do think when it comes to mental health and background checks, that we need them. I mean, there's no one can argue. These, these nuts should not be walking around with guns. So if there's a way to deter, I think what you've said is the most constructive thing I've heard. And the reason being is it's not denying any law-abiding citizen their rights to purchase a firearm. Um, It's not restricting access to guns people don't want to give up access to, but it is subjecting people to more scrutiny, which I think we should all be in favor of. So I don't consider that a bad one, Landon. I actually consider that a good one. So I guess you're not day drinking out in College Station, are you? 
No, I, uh, I, I, I'm very avid on guns. Um, I love guns. I shoot them regularly. I teach my kids. My kids shoot with me, mm-hmm. and that way I know that you know if they ever choose to go purchase a weapon, they're yeah. you know they're they're mentally capable of that. Well, let me ask and you I this: feel like the background check is great. Well, I do think it's good. But let me just ask you know. this: as a responsible gun owner that does teach your kids responsible gun ownership, do you feel in any way, shape, or form persecuted in the aftermath of things like this? When you know you hear the president lashing out at people on the right, never feel persecuted because people will do and say things in time of emotion that they normally wouldn't say or do. Okay, fair. Uh, but like you've been discussing, not a time mm-hmm. to eat on your platform and try and get that. This is a time when people need to sit down, sit back, and realize that the politicians, for the most part, do not have our interests at heart. Mm-hmm. They do not. Yep. All they're worried about are votes. We need to realize that at the end of the day, this comes back to us, mm-hmm. parents, communities, and we need to make sure that we are instilling in our children good core values that prevent these types of things. And I will say one last thing is that technology has single-handedly just declined our youth's population as far as the ability to just live normal lives. They don't talk to people. Yep. They sit on screens. Parents don't parent. They shut them up with tablets, and yep. they say, look, go Go play your tablet. Um, my kids don't get to play video games and tablets unless they've done something to earn it, mm-hmm. and it's a required amount of time. They work with me when I do things outside. They, mm-hmm. you know, this is the core values that you need when yes. you grow up, and it's just not taught that anymore. Well, I think that's, that's the biggest challenge, man. Well, like, honestly, Landon, I do think the breakdown in the home and the lack of parental oversight and the lack of investment in kids, because like you said, we all know kids who have been babysat by a smartphone or an iPad since they were one year old. And that's usually convenient for the parents. But you wind up raising those kids who don't look at adults when they talk to them, you know, who are socially weird and stunted and, you know, overly emotional in a lot of instances because they're so married to convenience that when that convenience is beyond them, they lash out. Like, I do think I honestly I think you've touched on a really core component of what the challenge is here, you know, beyond screening and mental health. It's just it is it's the home. It's the home. It's parental responsibility. So I, I just want you to know, like, I appreciate you. I appreciate that you're putting in the work because. It's not just an investment in your kid. It's an investment in society. And I would tell everybody out there who has a kid, you know, you're doing it not just for you and yours, but you're doing it for the others, you know, and whoever raised this maniac clearly didn't do a good job. So we need better parents. So feel free to clone yourself, Landon. You've got my permission. (laughs) Thank you, Jimmy. We'll see you soon, brother. Be well. 888-788-9910. We're going to get to more of your calls after this. Landon putting the bar pretty high. I don't even know if I'm going to talk the rest of the way. I'm just going to let you guys bail me out. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going solo in this hour. It's just me and your phone calls. 888-788-9910. John is listening in Butte, Montana. Yo, John. Hey, buddy. Hey, first things first, man, I want to say that my heart weeps for those victims and for the families that have lost their babies and for the families that have lost those those teachers. Mm -hmm. And that being said, I don't care about people's feel goods or anything else, but put an armed guard inside them schools, put two or three of them in there, Mm -hmm. teach those teachers, let them get a concealed weapon in there because these babies 
are important. Yeah. And the fact that you don't hear nothing, like Leo had said earlier, I agree with that man 100% wholehearted. Mm-hmm. You don't hear squat from anybody mm-hmm. when it comes to them babies in Chicago, when it comes to the killings in New York and California and in Pennsylvania, all over the country. Yep. You don't hear squat. And then to hear a politician go out there who truly had a chance to turn around and bring some sort of compassion, mm-hmm. all of a sudden politicize everything. Yeah, it's cheap. Guess, guess what? It's a gun or a weapon is a tool in the hands of the right person. It can protect people in the hands of a lunatic like that jackass. It causes havoc. Yep. No question. I, now, your one caller you just had on, I agree with him. Mm-hmm. Training programs for kids, because it ain't like it used to be when I was growing up, because you used to see gun racks and odd sixes and rifles sitting mm-hmm. in the back of trucks when the kids are in school. You never had a problem. Mm-hmm. But like he said, in this day and age, it's like a driver's head. Mm-hmm. Teach them, train them, do something. Yeah. But stop this politicizing over guns because everybody goes out there. It's, oh, it's an, it's an assault rifle. It's an AR. AR means assault rifle. I guess half those politicians couldn't tell you what AR actually stands for. I know. Well, that's, it's funny that you say that because most people don't know. They actually do think it's, it's, a, it's assault rifle. It's Armalite, correct? Yep. Yep, and nobody it's, knows it's, that. <laughs> it's the manufacturer. It's the original manufacturer's name. That's all it is. I know, but it's funny because so much of this gun debate is not informed. It's like when the president <laughs> says things like common sense gun laws, which he borrowed that from Obama. It's it's designed to make it sound like they're on the reasonable side of this, but it's actually not reasonable in that you're usually penalizing the responsible, law-abiding citizen because the criminal doesn't care about the law. And what's crazy is there were laws in place. You know, in terms of a background check and in terms of the school laws in Texas that in this instance were just broken. And that's why I think the effort needs to be made to protect the schools. you got to make a greater effort to protect the schools. And in all honesty, protect the family. Okay, none of these people come from good families. They're all mentally ill. We can't pretend that's not an issue because if that doesn't go away, the law isn't going to change the level of nut jobs running around in society. So, well, you get it. Here, here's the thing behind that is that, you know, you cannot add more regulations yep. to a situation if you cannot actually enforce the rules and regulations. Thank you. you. Right now. I'm cutting you off because we're going to break. I'm not cutting you off for any other reason. It's spot on, John. That's where we need to leave it. Enforce the laws now. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon having some much-needed you and me time. We're going all calls the rest of the way. 888-9910. William batting leadoff down in Tyler, Texas, listening on KTBB. Yo, William. Okay. Well, hello, sir. My man. A couple of things that are really interesting. Over the past few years, researchers have found that 12 to 22 percent of all students in the public schools 
suffer from mental, emotional, or behavioral disorders. Mm-hmm. And under those behavioral disorders, of course, are, of course, are emotional and other problems. Uh, relatively few of these have received any mental health services. And we have the you know public school counselors. They do what they can, but they have a lot of administrative duties. And, of course, most are not licensed uh, as clinical psychologists. Yep. So I, I think today those percentages are probably high, mm-hmm. high above the 12 to 22 percent. This research has been done in the last few years, but yeah. I think right now it's probably higher than that. Well, I think the biggest challenge facing us, it's two fronts, man. It's because, you know, you could change the laws, but if people are still mentally ill and they come from broken, damaged homes, you know, you're not going to change the people. It's like we need to change the people more than we need to change the laws. So I think the point you're making is a very relevant point in that you can break down these shootings and find the common thread. You know, Democrats like to focus on the gun they used, but the problem is the person using it. There are plenty of people using these guns responsibly. So do you would you say from where you sit down there in Tyler that it is a mental health issue? I mean, what do you ascribe it to really quick? It absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids growing up today, as all the people have talked about today, mm-hmm. it's a different world. They have problems that we wouldn't have recognized years ago, mm-hmm. and they really do have mental issues that need to be dealt with. Whether it's from, you know, single parents, broken homes, yeah. wrong, running around with the wrong group and gangs. Mm-hmm. But there are problems there that are real, and they're really kind of new in many ways to all of us, I think. Yeah, and I think I, well, I think that, you know, it's just incumbent on parents. Parents need to step up. You know, that's, that's just reality. You need to have a bigger presence in the kid's life, and we need to do a better job of, you know, pointing them in the right direction instead of pointing them towards an iPad so we can go do what we want to do, you know, because I think that's a big part of this. I think there's a basic parental laziness, and it's not because the parents are lazy so much as it's because they have so many other things to do uh, that they don't wind up getting to the most important thing, which is your kid. I mean, you're, you're, you're raising a kid. You have an obligation to society to raise that kid right. And I just think too many people are derelict in that duty. And uh, again, I'm saying that as a halfway decent dad. I mean, my, my my wife is really carrying this team, but I at least have them on the radio and make fun of them so it looks like I'm involved. You know, I keep up appearances. You know what I'm saying, William? Oh, well, it's great to hear from him. You're, oh, as thanks. you said in the first of the program, it takes a lot of work when you have children, mm-hmm. and you have to be there to know that. Yep, no, uh, exactly. Spot on. Well, you'll see me and my child down in Tyler soon, so get your game face on, okay? That's that's wonderful. Right. Love you. Thanks a lot. You too, William. I appreciate you. Harold is down in Raleigh, North Carolina. Yo, Harold. Good afternoon, sir. I, my condolences to the families that of lost course. their loved ones. Mm-hmm. But I have to concur with Mr. Terrell. Mm-hmm. That's an average weekend in Chicago, New York, Philadelphia, Baltimore, and I don't see the outrage. Steve Kerr, mm-hmm. the, I'm a black man, Mr. Fowler, yep. and every time liberals have tried to help black people, the problem has gotten worse. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. That's crazy because I don't feel I don't feel like helping you is important as helping them. Meaning they'll they'll confront certain types of shootings that can be exploited politically, but they're not focusing on the bigger issue. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. And the bottom line is he doesn't have this kind of carnage in his neighborhood. Wherever Steve Kerr lives, eleven year olds, four year olds, one year olds are not getting shot. Mm-hmm. So for him to selectively pick out this shooting and be all outraged and and ticked off is to me condescending and phony. It's frustrating because I feel like in the aftermath of these shootings, like these people are willing to come in immediately 
Like Beto just got thrown out of a press event trying to score political points. I mean, Beto's useless. You know, he can't get out of his own way. But the people like the president who jump in, when you immediately trash the other side of the aisle, you make it less likely that we find a solution. Because if it starts with, hey, you've got blood on your hands, you're a murderer, nobody wants to have a reasonable discussion after that. Well, Mr. Fail, I have six kids. They all have firearms. They're all responsible firearm owners. That's because they have a responsible dad. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm tired, of, I'm tired of the bandwagon when, when this happens in the black community every day. They just shot an a 11-year-old in the Bronx mm-hmm. by a 15-year-old who will probably get an ankle bracelet and, and, a, and a coloring book because he has all kinds of issues. I came from a no-father family. Mm-hmm. I saw the knuckleheads in my neighborhood when I was growing up. People make choices in life. Mm-hmm. And if you decide to be a knucklehead and you don't want to work and you want to shoot people, you should be held accountable. I could clean up the black community in less than 30 days, but it wouldn't be like, but I could clean it up. You wouldn't have a shooting if I was in charge. <laughs> well, let me ask, does, does this mean you're not going to be donating to Eric Adams's presidential campaign? <laughs> well, let him finish messing up New York and let's see how he does with the country. <laughs> <laughs> It's a mess. Biden of Brooklyn. So let him let him ruin Manhattan, Brooklyn, and then finish the country off. (laughs) Harold, you know, we've had this conversation. He was a house mouse. He didn't go out on the street and do police work. He was a desk cop that had ambition, you know, for higher office. But this is not a job for a politician. It's a job for a real cop like you. So we make we may flash the bat signal down in Raleigh. You might have to ride back and save Gotham, my man. They, they wouldn't vote for me because a lot of people don't like the truth, Mr. Taylor. <laughs> well, listen, a lot of people don't like the truth. Well, I'm I'm donating, so you let me know when you run, and I'll be there at your first event. I'll MC it, okay, brother? Thank you, sir, and thank you for taking my call. Appreciate of, it. Of course, Harold. You have a great day. Uh, <laughs> Harold's the man, and he says he can clean it up. And I actually believe Harold because he's a real cop. Uh, let's go to Rita. She's in Florence, Wisconsin. Hey, Rita. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. Yes, uh, I believe both those last two speakers, they said exactly the way it is. And you have to remember years ago when a young child or a young uh, adolescent got into trouble, when he was 16, he was thrown into the service. Mm -hmm. That took care of them because they had rules and regulations. And I believe right now in our schools, and and I blame parents, go right back to the parents, but Mm -hmm. when they have these problems, there's no way they can address them. Yeah. And and basically, it's not about the guns. It's mm. just like the last guy said. You teach them respect. But you've got to have – these kids have got to go somewhere where they get the proper advice, and they are not getting it at all anymore. Uh, I, I agree. I feel like society is failing kids because what happens is – we like to blame everybody but the person responsible, you know. And, exactly. And, and that's what we're doing with everything. Everything. and, and Everything. Just, and for Pete's sake, this kid wasn't born a monster. Yep. And, and, and I know going back, when, when you are in that age, between 14 and 18, mm-hmm. there is so much going on. And you need somebody, somebody that's going to guide you in the right direction. Yeah, I, listen, I, I agree. I think you're spot on, Rita. I think I think we need more Ritas and less Beto O'Rourke's. So if you can get out there and f- multiply, you know, like in the movie The Gremlins, they dump water on the Gremlin. Now there's like a thousand of them. We need to dump water on Rita so we have a thousand Ritas. Can you go work on that for me, please? Hey, hey Jimmy, 
I'm 80 years old. <laughs> okay. I've been, I've been through a lot of different things, but uh-huh. I'll tell you what. that We were always lucky to be in the company of people that gave us the right advice. Yep. And it wasn't necessarily our parents. Yep. But this is what is lacking, and these people can't see this. Mm-hmm. But they, they should, and, you know, thankfully there are, again, a lot of people like you who do, and that's why it's so frustrating is that we're going after the guns, we're going after the congressmen, we're going after the TV hosts, but we're not going after the societal failure that's going to keep this happening again and again and again unless we start, like you said, creating real guidelines like the ones we adhered to growing up where there was personal responsibility and there was societal accountability. So for real, Rita, brilliant points, and I thank you for sharing them. Let's do it again soon, okay? Sounds good. You take care. There you go. The great Rita. Uh, Jennifer is on the line in Wisconsin. We're happening in Wisconsin today. Yo, Jennifer. Hi, um, Jimmy. Hey. Thanks for taking my call. Of I course. had I had some strong opinions, so I'm going to try to like sum it down. I'm actually a clinical psychologist. Okay. Um, well, dumb it down. Yeah, you, gotta, of- you just got to dumb it down for me because you're a clinical psychologist. I'm like a cab <laughs> driver who plays video games in his 40s. So if you could just get <laughs> it to a third grade level, we got a shot here. I was going to start, quote, now Brenner's model, ecological model. I'm like, okay, no, I got to, okay, think about this. Okay, <laughs> so first, probably the big takeaway I want is we're making it too simple. It's uh, Humans are a complex thing. You know, when someone goes in, they break a bone, you can usually say, okay, the bat broke the bone, the bone's broke, this is how we fix it. Mm-hmm. Human beings aren't that way. Mm-hmm. And my... My biggest problem is when people start yelling, mental illness, mental illness, Mm -hmm. it's then, okay, so if we have a mental illness, you're going to be some kind of serial killer or shoot up schools. It doesn't work that way. Of course. Not everybody with a mental illness is going up and hurting people. But when we try to stigmatize it or we try to um, say it's mental illness that does it and we pass laws and say if you have a mental illness, what you automatically do is stigmatize and People with PTSD, um, people with trauma, all of it, don't come for mental health services because they don't want to be labeled and they don't want their rights taken away. Okay. But I feel like we try too hard to say whose fault is it, who did it. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's the gun's fault. It's mental illness. Um, who did it? The home did it. The parents are at fault. The teachers are at fault. But it's not that simple. Mm-hmm. Um, the psychologist that I was referencing is it takes a lot of things to make us who we are. It's our own identity. And then you have the system around us, which is our family, our friends, the people that we're in. Then we have our community. Then we have our society. And each one of those systems has something broken in it. Um, In my work with kiddos and doing therapy, sometimes... Sometimes it's hard to branch, Mm -hmm. and our society causes it between the schools and the parents. Mm -hmm. Some schools don't want the parents involved. Mm -hmm. How do you raise a child if a parent isn't involved? Mm -hmm. And so there's almost like this this competitiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you have the system as as a whole. Facebook, do you know it's all over Facebook about this? Like, it's just, it's crazy. And kids listen to it. Kids know it. My niece and nephew who are uh, 13 and 14, like come home and say, oh, well, they're a Republican. They must believe this or they're yeah. a Democrat. They so the, the kids are in it. And yeah, they're parents are kind it. of fomenting hate uh, politically, which is I think is really dangerous, too. Yeah. You know, 
So and I, if you don't, if your parents don't, then it's also on yeah. Facebook, social media, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I did agree with what the one gentleman said about training. Mm-hmm. Like in Wisconsin, if you wanted to, it used to be. I'm not sure if it still is. If you wanted to get uh, go hunting or get a hunting license, you had to go to hunter hunter safety. Mm-hmm. Like you had classes and you had things like that to teach gun safety. But when I was trying to research this, uh, this kiddo, um, I also don't like characterizing people as evil because there's more to it. And um, when I was looking at this kiddo and it's hard to know what's, what's real and what's not, it sounds like there is bullying. It sounds like there's a lot of stuff going on in his, his, of course, but understand that a lot of us, like myself, got bullied and didn't shoot up a school, you know? That's uh, true. So, That's very true. So there's a lot – listen, there's a lot of angles. But I, I, I think the bigger point here is that we can't solve the problem by attacking each other for political points. We have to explore all of these fronts. I think everybody's made a lot of good points, yourself included, and you managed to make them on a level I could keep up with. So please take a bow because I'm going to commercial. Yes. You deserve your <laughs> bow, though, Jennifer. Take a pronounced bow. Why, thank you. Why, thank you. All right, we'll do it again soon. There she goes. We will finish up strong with your calls after this you're hanging out with jimmy Fallon on fox across america it is fox across america with jimmy Fallon. we're in the bottom of the ninth i'm going to try to lightning round to get to as many of your calls as i can before we call it a day steven is in charleston south carolina uh he is batting lead off yo steve Hey, Jimmy, how you been, brother? Good, man. I'm, you know, I'm trying to hold the country together today. It's a, it's a bit of a messy day, but uh, you guys, the game ball goes to the callers. You guys have been aces, so don't blow the perfect game in the ninth inning. Let's go. Uh, well, uh, I love your baseball references. Love your show. Thanks, man. Um, I wanted to just reference one of your old, uh, older callers who had mentioned, uh, you know, uh, equating it to a driver's license, and um, as, as, as well-intentioned as that is, you and I both know that government is the best laid plans of mice and men yeah. are written on the winds and the waters, right? Yep. So government will never cede any power once you give it to them. Yes. And if you give people the power to decide who's got the mental capacity to own a firearm, you know who's going to end up owning a firearm? Mm-hmm. No one. Yeah. It's tricky. Listen, there, the, the issue we all have again and again and again is when you take when you keep imposing more restrictions, it's only the people who follow the law that get affected by them. So right. that's the frustration. You get it, you know, and, and I, I yeah. think there's it's a little more complex than what the left would like you to believe, which is just put in the restrictions and this stuff goes away. Criminals don't follow the law. And, you know, anybody who wants to make good on this situation doesn't actually get a chance to do so if we begin the conversation with all Republicans or child killers and screw you NRA. So you're kind of an adult in the room. You're an outlier in today's America. But uh, the fact that you like baseball references buys you a lot of credit with me. So thank you, Steve-O. Yeah, bro. Be well, you, good, man. No, Thanks. listen. You pitched. You pitched uh, three up, three down. You took. You retired the side in order. Good call. We'll do it again soon. Okay. There he goes. Uh, Richard is in Rome, New York. Yo, Richard. Hey, Jimmy. This, uh, I love your show, man. I'm a little bit nervous, so bear with me. Oh, here. stop uh, it! You, you can't <laughs> be more nervous than me. If they'll put me on the air, you'll do fine. Take it away. <laughs> I went to your I went to your first show at Fat Cats. I'm going to your next one five minutes after you uh, after, after you announced it. But hey, I know you're trying to hurry up here, so I just wanted to, I just wanted to, uh, you know touch base on one thing with what you were discussing earlier in your monologue and with Bill Barr about the nuclear family. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and I would imagine that I'm no genius. I'm I'm just a 
water guy, but you know, I would imagine that a lot of the broken home situations come from lower economic, you know, disadvantaged yeah. families. And you know, <laughs> you know, here in New York, my sister, my mom, my wife, everybody, you know, I, I'm around a lot of social service workers, a lot. And, um, and, you know, my sister has an interesting story when she worked years, probably 10 years ago. Um, she had this girl who had, uh, you know, three different kids, worked at a gas station about 20 hours a week, which side point, <clears throat> I'm always for anybody who's willing to contribute anything. Yep. You know what I mean? I've, God knows I've made horrible decisions in my life. So, you know, I mean, God willing, if anybody could just contribute, that's what I've always said. And my sister really changed my perspective on things because the point that she made was that she used to help as a case planner, help this woman with her bills and her grocery list and things like that. And this woman ended up doing very well at her job Good. and got promoted, right? And then she got a dollar, she got about a dollar twenty-five raise, you know, for about 20 hours a week that she worked or whatever as an assistant manager of this gas station. And then she ended up getting about like $20,000 of her assistant, Scott. I think yeah. it was around $20,000. And, you know, you sit back and it takes your breath away when, when my sister, when my sister was telling me this, because you think to yourself, you know, for these, for these disadvantaged families, where's the incentive? You know, so I'm just thinking as a, as on a side of solutions, a bipartisan place that we could start, uh, you know, for everybody is to start, you know, legislatively incentivizing people to do well, yes, to do work. better. Like let this, let this woman keep this extra Listen. money in her pocket. Pocket, yeah, you, you know, need, you need that hand up. The hand up helps a lot more than the handout. Absolutely. That's the issue. Absolutely. Brilliant call. I'll talk to you soon. Good stuff, Richard. Really quick. Karen was on hold for quite a bit out in San Diego. Karen, can you hear me? Hey, hey, girl. Hey, Listen to me. Good to hear you again. Uh, better What's to hear up? you. I'm in the final 30 <laughs> seconds of the show, and I know you had a bigger point to make. I wanted the country to hear me say to you on the air that I will complete this conversation tomorrow. We'll do this like a cliffhanger. You know what I'm saying? So this was this was the trailer a coming attraction for a call we'll have tomorrow but karen i love you and thank you for everybody who was a big part of this conversation but the show's over pay up and get out listen to the show ad free on fox news podcast plus on apple podcast amazon music with your prime membership or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts